I could be anyone doing anything and it doesn't make any difference to them. I really respect that about them. I think, you know, as we all know, in many ways we live in a, a, a sad world, a bad world, you know, horrible things happen, but they're like a little beacon of decency and kindness in, in our world and in our country. My name's Linda Martin. I'm a pensioner. I live in Sussex. My connection with the RNLI, well, it goes back to when I was a child. I was brought up in Clacton on Sea in Essex, and that was our kind of local charity. And it was sort of big on the pier. <laughs> it was a, you know, it was a, there's like a model of the boat, and you put put money in it, and so on. So I was brought up with that as a child. But now, since I've had this personal connection. Um, I feel very supportive of it as a charity. Well, I was up uh, in London for a sort of tourist day, uh, family day. I was with my daughter and my grandson and uh, we were doing some fun things. So we went out and had a nice lunch. And then we went on Tower Bridge and looked through the uh, glass thing where you feel like you're floating in the air. And then uh, we went on a pleasure trip on the, on the Thames. And it, it came on, I suppose, over, I would guess, about kind of five or ten minutes. So it wasn't instant, but it also wasn't long term. I have to say, very weirdly, I think something very strange was happening in my brain that I felt absolutely relaxed and happy. If I had to describe how I felt, um, you might expect it would be quite a scary experience, but actually, uh, weirdly, I, I felt kind of flooded with peace and um, joy and love. It was a very, very odd experience. Um, extremely pleasant for me but really harrowing for my daughter who thought that I was dying um, and upsetting for you know for members of the public I, I guess the assumption was I'd had a stroke I just came over very faint um, I can remember thinking oh look I could just put my head down on that ledge that would be lovely and um, I suppose I gradually lost consciousness and then sort of had to be supported and was on the, 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 the floor of, of the boat. I was very fortunate, really. I guess if that had happened in the street, someone might have thought I was drunk or whatever. But, um, you know, I was surrounded by these very, very kind people that I didn't know, as well, of course, as, as my daughter and my grandson. And um, they were very, very kind, the the owners and of the boat and 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 other tourists who who kind of tried to look after me. It came on, I suppose, over I would guess about kind of five or ten minutes. So it wasn't instant, but it also wasn't long term. I have to say, very weirdly, I think something very strange was happening in my brain that I felt absolutely relaxed and happy. 
I suppose if I had to imagine it, it was a bit like people talk about a near-death experience. You might expect it would be quite a scary experience, but actually, uh, weirdly, I, I felt kind of flooded with peace and um, joy and love. It was a very, very odd experience, extremely pleasant for me, but really harrowing for my daughter who thought that I was dying. And upsetting for, you know, for members of the public, I, I guess the assumption was I'd had a stroke. When they realised, uh, I suppose it was evident to everybody that I needed some professional help, uh, my daughter said, I'm going to call an ambulance. And the captain said to her, I've already done that. <laughs> um, but he said, I've also called the RNLI because they will come quicker. As we all know, our, our ambulance services are under a lot of pressure and that the RNLI volunteers are, are just there. They're on the Thames, which I'd never realised before. And if they get the call, they'll, they'll be here very, very shortly uh, before the ambulance are able to arrive. And so they were the first uh, to come and help. I think as far as I know, I was coming in and out of consciousness. It was a very odd thing where I, I could hear perfectly what was going on around me but I couldn't speak, so I, I had things I wanted to say, um, not very helpful things, such as I don't want to go to a hospital, um, <laughs> which they wisely ignored. You know, ignored. But it it took a tremendous effort to to get it from my brain out of my mouth. It it was a very you know peculiar experience. I was also physically very nauseous. But I was unable to move, so I had to be supported. When the when the RNLI people came, they they supported me to sit up so that I wouldn't choke. And they were just very, very calm, very kind, very efficient. And I had that sense of being in in good hands. Although because of this, you know, it was a weird effect on my brain. I wasn't really feeling frightened. I, I could have just stayed on the bottom of the boat and I was fine. But but clearly, you know, anyone who's around me who's rational, you know, just felt so reassured. I think for my daughter, it was actually a, a horrible experience. I didn't notice the, the sound of the boat arriving. I wasn't that conscious of what was happening outside my immediate vicinity I just had a, a sense of being in like good hands like this is good you know good people have come to help me you know it's that sense of security that well everything will be all right I can hear what they said to me I remember that one of them said he was on a like a walkie-talkie or some sort of communication device and said oh we have an elderly woman here who has lost consciousness and in my mind, I wanted to kind of joke with him and say, not so much of the elderly, though I am elderly, but, and then I thought, oh, that might be offensive. Or he might think I'm offended, so maybe I shouldn't say that. <laughs> so I had this whole kind of thought process about, you know, what's an appropriate way to respond. But then anyway, when I opened my mouth, like it wouldn't come out anyway. So I couldn't really communicate. Although with a huge effort, because they asked me questions about, I think they're testing for a stroke, 
So they sort of ask you, can you see this or this kind of thing? Um, and it was really a very big effort. I could just about answer. So it's like it was in my brain and I, I, I couldn't get it to come out of my mouth. From what my daughter has told me, I think they carried me in a kind of um, boat-like structure. Uh, so it's not, an, not a normal stretcher, but it's sort of like a little kind of vessel thing that they carry you in. And they carried me up from the boat. It was moored at the, um, the dock or the quay, just near Tower of London. So there's a lot of steps you have to sort of go up. And they carried me up there. They laid me. There was a hotel up at the top. And I think they put a screen around me because, you know, there was some sort of crowds gathering of this excitement. Um, so I think they just wanted to protect my privacy. It obviously wasn't pleasant, you know, I'm being sick and, um, you know, in a vulnerable position. So it was that sort of respect and kindness, but also just ordinary people, you know, like people in the hotel, people in the boat. Um, some of the people in the boat just sort of waited to see if they could be of any assistance. You know, my daughter told me for, for a lo quite a long time. So that struck me. We obviously hear a lot, don't we, about, you know, the sad things and the bad things in our society. But I think there is a lot of goodness as well. I really appreciate deeply what they did for me and more widely uh, what the RNLI do for anybody. That there's something about that that really means a lot to me morally. And it's something about they're there for anybody. I could be anyone doing anything and it doesn't make any difference to them. And I, I really respect that about them. I think, you know, as we all know, in many ways we live in a, a, a sad world, a bad world, you know, horrible things happen. But they're like a little beacon of decency and kindness in, in our world and in our country. Hello, it's uh, Ben Ainsley here. You've been listening to part of the RNLI's 200 Voices collection. To hear more remarkable stories, head to rnli.org slash 200 voices. Or subscribe to the RNLI wherever you get your podcasts. Thank you. Two Hundred Voices is an adventurous audio limited production for the RNLI.